This episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Welcome to episode 163 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing my conversation with the owner of Pacific Coast Wrestling, Mr. Mike Sharnagel. And I'll be honest, I had never heard of PCW until I was approached about doing this interview with Mike to promote his upcoming show, PCW Refuse to Lose. But being a huge wrestling fan since I was 12 years old, I always jump at the chance to meet or talk with anybody who works in the wrestling industry. And it's a really fascinating story about how Mike grew up a wrestling fan in New Jersey, going out to California, starting the PCW organization, which that whole process in itself is really kind of a mind-blowing story that you'll hear. And then just learning, you know, kind of the inner workings of indie wrestling and really talking about the rise of independent wrestling because... You know, WWE is the biggest wrestling name in town, but there are other companies out there that are doing good things, and PCW is definitely one of them. So you should definitely check them out on social media. All the links are in the show description, and you'll hear Mike talk about them at the end of the interview. But without further ado, I won't waste any more of your time. Here is my awesome conversation with Mr. Mike Sharnagel. Sitting here with my very special guest this week, the owner of Pacific Coast Wrestling, Mr. Mike Sharnagel. How are you today, sir? Good. Thank you very much for having me. No, absolutely. And we were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording. You know, you're one of the few uh, wrestling-related guests that I've had. So when I had the opportunity to do this, I I jumped right at it because um, wrestling is something that I've been big into since. You know, I was 12 years old, you know, growing up in the, the height of the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars and, you know, wrestling being a, a must-see thing on TV and still, you know, following it to an extent and then hearing about the, the rising of, of indie wrestling over, you know, the last several months especially. Uh, you know, I was I was excited to, to be able to have you on the show. Um, I did want to start uh, by asking you a little bit about yourself. Um, so where where did you grow up originally? Um, I'm actually from New Jersey. So as a kid, uh, I, I guess I'm older than you are. Um, as a kid, I got to watch AWA wrestling, WWF, and NWA. So like on any Saturday morning, uh, I would watch a good four hours of wrestling as a kid. That's awesome. Yeah, having... So you were able to see because I've heard stories about you know people trading VHS tapes through the mail. Uh, those who lived like in the South that would watch you know like the Jim Crockett or the Florida Championship Wrestling, they would send tapes to someone they knew up in New Jersey in exchange for the old WWF tapes. So ha- having that yeah. variety is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean between that and then you know there was there was ways you could buy tapes from people. I don't know if that was illegal or what, but 
you know, you could get exposure to, you know, the Pacific Northwest where you'd have Roddy Piper and Billy Jack Haynes or uh, shows in Hawaii. Like on USA, before they had the WWE, they used to have all kinds of wrestling on. I remember watching that, too. It was from, like, Hawaii. And it had the, the Sheep Herders and Rocky Johnson on it and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, I remember hearing about the Sheep Herders because they became uh, the Bushwhackers in the yep. WWF years later. Uh, yeah. So what what was it that made you interested in watching wrestling as a kid? Um, that's a good question. You know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it must have been one of those things where I was flicking through the channels and the next thing you know, I see, you know, Bob Backlund as the heavyweight champion holding a belt and, uh, you know, just started watching it there. Uh, WWE also used to come to my town uh, when I was a kid. So I remember my mom just dropping me off at like the local high school to watch wrestling, you know, and I got to meet wrestlers there. It was, it's very much the way indie wrestling is now, right? You go to a, a gymnasium and yeah, you had great wrestling. And then at the end of the event, like I was one of those kids that used to chase the wrestlers down to the parking lot and get their autograph and talk to them for a little bit. That's fantastic. I, I've I've had brief interactions with with wrestlers after shows, but nothing, you know, nothing like that. Uh, growing up as a wrestling fan, who were some of your favorites? Um, well, I think my my first favorite wrestler was Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff because he used to do the pile driver, and to me that looked real, and I, I loved it. So, um, you know, from there. You know, Randy Savage, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, and then, you know, it, it kind of goes on from there. But I, I guess I gravitated toward the, the heels more than anything. Well, they're the most fun ones because, like, I can imagine being a heel would be so much more fun because you, you get to do stuff that you don't really get to do in real life. You get to antagonize the crowd and basically be a jerk. Yeah, I, I'd have to imagine that would be the most fun as well, right? Like... Yeah, you know, you have a bad day, you can still be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I, I growing up, I was kind of the opposite, but as I've gotten older, I've appreciated the what goes into being a villain more than a hero. You know, like it's days, you know, like I I really think, you know, one of the few true wrestling villains left at least in the WWE is Kevin Owens. And that's because he will legitimately antagonize the crowd. He will be fully in character on social media. And you don't you don't really see true wrestling villains anymore, at least from the WWE side, because I remember, I can't remember the exact situation, but there was a kid in the crowd crying and Triple H broke character and consoled him. Whereas, you know, yeah. like back in the day, that, that would never happen. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's become monetized, right? So, um, it's, I would think as, like, if I was in the WWE, it would be very hard to be a heel because you want to sell your merchandise because you're making money from that. Mm -hmm. Um, people hate you unless, unless you're really, really hated, um, then people kind of like you if you're really hated. Um, but if you're not the best heel, I would think it would be very difficult to sell your merch. No, like, I, I Roddy, would agree with that. Roddy Piper was a great heel, right? Like when um, when the WWE 
brought him in in like 1983 and they did the whole thing with Cindy Lauper and uh you know him you know saying that rock is horrible and blah 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 like he was a great heel yeah and you loved him because he was so, like you hated him so much <laughs> <laughs> no that's true no piper was he was one of the best now, what was it that made you want to get involved in the wrestling business? Was it, you know, your love of it as a kid that carried on uh, into adulthood? What, what exactly was it? You know, I think I ask myself that every day, especially when I'm like loading um, chairs or something into a, a, a trailer for us to drive down there. But um, honestly, I went to another independent wrestling event here in LA, and it took me a long time to get there because it was in the valley. I think it took me like an hour and a half in an Uber. I stood in line for an hour and a half. Uh, I was a lot, one of the last people to get in. And though the, the wrestling itself was fantastic, the event, in my opinion, was not on the same level. And when I left, I went with a friend and I said, hey, what do you think it would take to start a wrestling organization? And he threw a number out at me and I was like, all right, I'm starting one tomorrow. And he just looked at me and I'm like, <laughs> I could definitely, I could definitely do it better than they did. So yeah, let's start it tomorrow. And he was like, are you serious? And, yeah. You know, and I had a, I had a company make out a logo, you know, not more than a week later and boom, PCW was built. That's wild. So it was just, it happened yeah. in a day. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm not one to uh, to sit and vacillate over decisions like that. Like if it's something I wanted to do, I was going to do it. So I was like, you know what, I'll do it. Can't be that hard. And I figured, what's the worst thing that can happen if I fail? It's you know, a few thousand dollars to start. Like, all right, well, at least I had fun trying. And now um, our event on December first, uh, that'll be the end of our second year of of wrestling. So I guess I guess we survived. That's awesome. How often do you yeah. guys do shows? Um, so this is only going to be our eleventh event. We were doing them basically every other month. In uh, in twenty eighteen, we're amping it up to every six weeks. So I think we have eight events scheduled, um, and we may have a couple more in there. We do smaller shows um, outside at uh, at a local bar in Long Beach where we have some more uh local wrestlers wrestle on those cards so we may end up with about 10 events next year that's fantastic and you know we another thing we were talking about off air is really the rise of indie wrestling and really what drew my attention to it was when uh cody rhodes left wwe and seeing all the success that he's had and you know hearing about you know kenny omega over in new japan um, even, you know, Chris Jericho's wrestling over there in January. And that that was another thing to me that was like, wow, this, you know, stuff. There is wrestling really outside of WWE, and it's it's good. It's a good product. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that rise has come because, you know, when WWE bought WCW and bought ECW, um you know, they, they gobbled up all the wrestlers and they had one show and they, they didn't have competition. Right. So yeah, though they, you know, built their network and have lots of, uh, videos in the video library. The one thing that hurt them was that there was no one pushing them, pushing them to do things differently, pushing them 
to be more creative, pushing them to, uh, uh, you know, be a little edgier, whatever the case may be. And then you had other companies start to sprout up, whether it's, you know, Ring of Honor or, you know, TNA popped up. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of independent wrestling now that are, you know, smaller than Ring of Honor or smaller than TNA. But, uh, you know, basically in every city in the United States, somewhere you will find um, independent wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now as the as the owner of uh of PCW, what's your what's your responsibilities uh with the organization? Like take me through what's a day in the life of the owner of a wrestling organization? Um stress? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um well, so first of all, I have a partner named Joe who handles all of our booking. So he's responsible for getting all of the wrestlers uh, signed for a particular event. And usually what he likes to do is get wrestlers for multiple events so that we can, you know, have a storyline go from event to event and kind of keep some consistency throughout the show. Um, but really, for us, it's, uh, and he'll tell you this too, it's kind of 24-7, like, I'd woken up at four in the morning and had an idea and sent him a text message and had him respond back to me within two minutes. Like, yeah, we should do this. And I'm like, holy shit, you're still, you're, you're awake. He's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really sleep anymore. I do this all the time. So, um, and as far as my responsibilities go, um, you know, for us, it is, uh, get the wrestlers, get the event and then promote as hard as we can. And, you know, uh, as somebody that likes to take risks, I mean, we, we run ads on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and, uh, you know, have a good street team that goes to other events, whether they are like beer festivals or concerts or whatever, and they're handing out flyers and whatnot. So my role in all of this is to basically keep the business itself running. So it's, selling tickets like i i answer all of our questions when when they come through via email or on facebook like i'm the guy that answers them so um i think there's a benefit there once again the difference between indie and say a wwe in that i can elicit feedback from my fans very quickly um because i'm the one answering the questions mm -hmm. right so when someone says oh i i didn't like the way this was or i really like the way that was you know, I, I kind of have an ongoing list in my head and, uh, you know, we gradually change things that they don't like and try to amplify the things they do like. Before we continue this awesome conversation with Mike Sharnagel, I have to remind you that for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And this being a wrestling related interview, it's a no brainer for my recommendation this week. The Best in the World at What I Have No Idea by Chris Jericho. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest storytellers of all time. All three of his autobiographies are great. Uh, this being, you know, I think the most recent one that he's done that's available on Audible. Definitely check it out because it's got everything from funny stories and formative stories and some things that you may not even know about Chris Jericho. But they have other books as well, mystery, romance, uh, fiction, nonfiction, every genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to be able to continue to read even when you don't have time to actually sit down and read a book. 
But to do that, just go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And I think that's a really good mentality. And I've noticed that with a lot of you know companies, not just you know your wrestling company, but others as well that will survey fans because that's the best way to find out you know what worked, what didn't work, what can we improve on, what can we add on that's already good. And something as a as an owner of something, I did want to ask you: Do you find that you know word of mouth? Because you mentioned you have a team who goes out and hands out flyers. Do you find that to be a, a big, like a big help for uh, for your attendance? Um, it is on a local level, right? So mm-hmm. you know we're in Los Angeles, which is a huge city, but it's also very car- compartmentalized. So you may live in an area and have no idea that there's a particular event going on. So. In terms of where we're located, we're located really close to Long Beach, which I think has the sixth largest population in California. Um, So I have everybody working on things locally because, like I said, you may not even know that our show exists, right? It's not like uh, I have billboards up and down the freeway um, or we're on national TV and you'd know that we're doing stuff. Like, it's really, you're you're right, it is, um, you know, word of mouth that uh, has really helped us develop. Right, and the reason why I ask is because I work for a a minor league baseball team that we have here in town, Mm -hmm. and something that we do on some game days is we go out, you know, to the beach or downtown, and we'll have, you know, our our van with our logo all over it, and we'll say, you know, hey guys, we have a, you know, we have a game tonight at 6.30, or we'll have our mascot stand, um, you know, next to the bridge that goes into our downtown that has a lot of traffic in the mornings. And we found that that has helped quite a bit. So it it's really true that word of mouth is still one of the best forms of advertising. Well, I mean, it has to be, right? Because if it's not, then you're going to die, right? Because if yeah. people aren't singing praises, you're not going to exist too long. Right. No, you're you're absolutely so. right. I think that's a big key is like, like I was saying when, uh, you know, we first talked, um, you know, we are very, very, very much about our fans. Um, so we always like to under promise and over deliver with what we do. Um, you know, not every show, but in a lot of our, uh, events, we bring in somebody that they weren't expecting to see, um, you know, who comes out, you know, from the locker room. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that guy was going to be here. Well, that's because we're trying to trying to over uh, over deliver. Right? right. And I think if you do that as a business, uh, people sense it. Right. I mean, it's, it's great that, um, you know, I a lot of our fans now have come to every event. So I see them now and I know who they are. And I'm like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Or I know their birthday and whatnot. And they. I mean, they all know it. They all follow me on Facebook, too. So um, it's good. We, we now have a bond with the people that are around us. Like, they're our family now. That's awesome. And, and another thing we were saying off air is that, you know, the when you have those diehard fans, they make, they make shows so much better. Because especially with wrestling, you know, you can have some of the best matches ever. But if the crowd is dead, it yep. really takes you out of it. 
now and it's it's really cool um you know we always you know we post on facebook quite a bit and you know we'll say that uh pcw is more than wrestling it's a movement and it really is and you know the more you know we started just saying that but the more i thought about it um you know we get all of these great fans that come to our events and you know we we probably draw more than your average independent show um but our fans are hot right from the first bell to the last bell they're up they're they're on it the entire time and when we bring in a new wrestler that isn't really familiar with us like maybe you know they've just come in for the first time and they see those fans and feel it and hear it they work harder because they want to impress them absolutely so they work harder they work harder they want to impress them our fans uh show their appreciation like uh, heel or babyface, if they like you, they'll cheer for you, right? Uh, if you give a good effort, and it's this big cyclical thing because then you know those wrestlers after they get that big pop, they're like, "Hey, I want to come back." Well, now we're just feeding into this whole cycle of we're getting the best wrestlers, we have the best fans, we want to have the best events, we want to have the best matches, and it all feeds into that. Like we we have created a movement. That's awesome. Like, I, I'm shocked when I see wrestlers come from like the East Coast, and you know they'll look at our crowd from the locker room, and they're like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "Yeah, this this is our, our typical crowd." And then you know I see like there's a lot of independent wrestling in Southern California, and I've watched uh, you know some of the guys that we use on our events wrestle at other places, and I can see them take it up a notch. It's really cool because. They, they want to appease the crowd. It's like, uh, you know, we're almost like the uh, the gladiators in Rome, right? They want to please the crowd. Right. And they know if they please the crowd, we'll bring them back. So, uh, they're, you know, our, our wrestlers are get really into it, too, because, you know, like anything else, you want to have a steady job. And if you know we're going to run X amount of events, you want to be on those events. So they really bust their ass to, uh, you know, make the fans appreciate them. And I think for the most part, we, we've done that. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. You're making me want to make, take a trip out to California to see one of your shows. Well, I tell you what, um, I, I would not discourage you from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like, um, I did an interview, I don't know, a few weeks ago and I, I, I told the guy, um, I feel like I've captured lightning in a bottle and that doesn't happen too often where, you know, the fans like what you're doing. The wrestlers like working for you. Uh, we're kind of running like a smooth machine at this point and like everybody just has a good time and you don't really have that often in, in workplaces where everybody just is like, all right, this is cool. I can't wait to do this on, you know, Friday, December 1st, everybody wants to be there. The fans want to be there. The people that are, you know, come and help us in terms of working want to be there, and the wrestlers want to be there. It's, it's really a great vibe. And that's something that, you know, is so important with, with a workplace. If you, have, if you have people there who enjoy what they do, you know, everything else works itself out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh it, it, so tell me a little bit about uh, your show you have coming up. Uh, you have a show uh, on December first uh, called "Refuse yep. to Lose," and you, you've got some you've got some pretty good names on there. Yeah, well, um, so I know you said you haven't interviewed a lot of people uh, in terms of wrestling, 
but being down in Florida, uh, you must know the name Kevin Sullivan. Oh, yeah. So um, Kevin has been with us since like our third or fourth show. He's a part of a group called War Beast. And um, we have a main event of War Beast, who are our tag team champions, against Terry Funk, who is a hardcore legend, and mm-hmm. the Sandman, who is the hardcore icon. So um, I expect nothing but chaos from that match. Oh, yeah. But fun uh, chaos. Inside the ring. Yeah, inside the ring, outside the ring. There will probably be some blood. Uh, who knows what's going to happen. Um, the last time that we had Terry was our last show, and he was just there doing a signing, and um, Kevin Sullivan came out and uh, insulted him a little bit, and the next thing you know, Terry Funk was bleeding all over the place, and we were on the front of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> that That's so, fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's our main event, um, and then our semi-main event is um, our champion, John Hennigan, who... Uh, if you watch Impact Wrestling, he goes by Johnny Impact now. In the WWE, he was John Morrison. Um, mm-hmm. In the Lucha Libre world, he's uh, Johnny Mundo. Uh, he's our champion, and he is fighting our, our first champion, whose name is Penta El Zero Miedo. Um, he used to go by the name Pentagon Jr., um, and then he left AAA, um, so he had to change his name a little bit, but that is our our semi main event. So, between those two matches alone, I, I think fans will definitely get their money's worth. Um, but we have seven matches, so we're gonna we're gonna like I said, we under promise and over deliver. Absolutely, no. That, that, just those two matches alone sound like a lot of fun because you know, I, I can remember watching uh, the Sandman because I, I caught the the last year or so of ECW before they closed. Uh, Sandman yeah. just his entrance alone is is worth seeing him because it, it's oh, so unique. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you know, uh, we had him at our last event, and he's great with the fans. You know, signing things, taking pictures with his uh, uh, you know Singapore cane. Um, but you could see as people who came up, they're like, "Hey, I'm sitting over there. If you want to uh, pour some beer on me." <laughs> you know, he's taking notes of all the people that wanted to get beer poured on them. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and and Terry Funk still still wrestling into his his seventies. That that's yeah. insane. Yes, yes. And I, I neglected to mention that we also have uh, as part of our meet and greet, we have Stan Hansen there. Oh, cool. Um, who's another legend, uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Um, so he's going to be there as well, signing autographs. Uh, I know he has a book uh, that is out now that I think he's going to try and, uh, you know, sign some books to people. So uh, it's going to be a good event. No, it definitely sounds like it. Um, and a couple more questions. Um, you had mentioned sure. um, you mentioned that starting in January, uh, you guys are going to start doing shows uh, more consistently. Do you have dates set for, like, your first couple of shows in uh, 2018? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, our first event in 2018, which will be our second anniversary show, uh, is January 19th. Um, our next event after that is March 16th, which is the day before St. Patty's Day. Um, and then the next event after that is May the 4th. So um, I expect that 
our January show is going to blow the roof off. Um, we have a special wrestler coming in that we haven't announced yet that I think people are really going to like. And, uh, you know, then, then we head to March and man, the day before St. Patty's day, yes, we do serve beer at our event. So, uh, I, I have to imagine there will be some, some green beer consumed. I imagine the beer sales will be, will do quite well that day. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that uh, the guy who sells tacos makes them extra spicy that day too. So that way we, we you know, get some more beer, beer sales out of there. But, uh, you know, that's tough to beat beer and tacos. Yeah. Well, beer tacos and wrestling is, is a kind of a, a good night. Um, and we try, we try to have price points for everybody, uh, in the area. So if you want to come and sit first row and, be a part of our meet and greet. Yes, we have a, you know, a, a platinum ticket for you. But at the same time, we do, um, and I'm sure you do this uh, with your baseball team too. We do a, a family four pack, so you get four tickets, four tacos, and four sodas for 100 bucks. That's awesome. Right. So the guy that wants to bring his family can still do that and still have something to eat and enjoy a, a fun show local in his area and not break the bank. That's awesome. That, that's really really cool. So for people to to kind of keep up with with PCW, do you guys have a lot, like a website or social media that the listeners can follow? Oh, absolutely. So we're we're PCW Ultra on everything now. So it's PCWUltra.com. Uh, we're Facebook backslash PCW Ultra. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both PCW Ultra. So um, you can find us just by looking up PCW Ultra. Fantastic. Well, Mike, it was great uh, getting to meet you and talk wrestling with you. Uh, if you ever want to come back on and uh, plug any more of your shows, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. Awesome. That would be great. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to come out to California and watch one of our events, let me know, and I'll make sure that you can get an interview with Kevin Sullivan. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, I've actually never been out to California before, so I think you've given oh. me a, a reason to come out. Yeah, there you go. Like, during the summertime... I mean, I, you're down in Florida, um, so I know you get humidity just like I did in New Jersey. We don't have it out here in California. It's just oh, that 75, awesome. 75 and sunny all the time. Yeah, normally in July and August, it's you know high 80s with a heat index of like 108. So it, it it's can oh, yeah. it can get a little it can get a little muggy during the summer, but yeah, it definitely sounds exactly. great. I'll I'll definitely try to uh, to make it out there for sure. That would be awesome, and you could be my guest. Awesome. Well, Mike, again, thank you very much for joining the show, and uh, good luck with your show next week. Thank you very much. You have a good night. My thanks again to Mike Sharnagel for taking the time to have that awesome conversation about PCW and just pro wrestling in general. And in 2018, I do definitely plan on making a trip out to California, and hopefully it'll coincide with the PCW show because I would definitely love to check that out. If you want to support and follow PCW on social media, just check the episode description links to the Facebook, website, Twitter, and Instagram are all there as well. And speaking of social media, next week we'll be returning to the roundtable to talk about the polarizing DC Cinematic Universe. Justice League, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, as well as the future of the DCCU. Uh, that will be on Facebook Live November 28th at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash ddiamondpodcast. 
The video will be posted there once we go live. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at those same handles, at Podcast. Be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, all podcasting platforms to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Uh, Reviews and rankings definitely help. They help me become more visible to the general iTunes public as well as the general public of the podcasting downloaders slash listeners, whatever you want to call it. It helps me become more visible to the public, so uh, reviews are definitely appreciated. But I believe that does it, so enjoy the rest of your week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy your long weekend with family. Hopefully you enjoy a lot of turkey and all that fun stuff. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday, November 28th for Facebook Live DC Cinematic Universe Roundtable. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.